right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to our first show of the year 2022. Seems kind of like the same as 2021, but, you know, a couple days later. Uh, I am your host, Steve Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at SSFisher87. And I am joined by the bad tattoo hat wearing son of a gun himself, Christopher. I got a new one for you. Pico Phillips. No clue, eh? Nope. You haven't watched Encanto? Oh, we watched it on Christmas Day. Oh, it's so good. I was a little busy on Christmas Day. Do you know who Pico is? Nope. He's he's the little toucan. Pico the toucan. No, no idea. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll have to rewatch that one, I guess. <laughs> I, I did this. We did the same thing last year on Christmas. We watched um, Soul on Disney Plus last year on Christmas. That's a weird and show. Same, same thing, though. It's like I have no recollection of watching it because I was up and down, cooking the turkey, basting it, doing all like getting everything ready for dinner. And then this year, I was doing the same thing while also dealing with a kid who was barfing his guts out. So. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah. why you didn't remember it. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I need to rewatch Encanto. Um, thanks everyone for, for tuning in for another episode of the ball Hawks podcast. Uh, you can find me over on Twitter at Phillips, Chris 12. Uh, don't forget to follow the podcast account, Paul Hawks underscore pod. And I actually wasn't listening today because I had something going on in the background. So, uh, if, in case he didn't mention it, don't forget to follow Steve at SS Fisher eight, seven. Um, I actually and- tried really hard this week to just sort of like, rush through it a little bit just to test you and wouldn't you believe it you weren't listening i had youtube up in a different tab and some reason it automatically because i wanted to make sure that like everything was loading properly and it was the the show was gonna uh, show up on on youtube there well it automatically started playing so you're <laughs> you're talking and then i'm getting like a two second delay in my headphones ah that was um, the the sour lemon face look yeah that's what my like what is going where's that sound coming from <laughs> hello yeah <laughs> are you in my headphones <laughs> i'm hearing voices steve there's two of you <laughs> oh that's funny <laughs> Uh, hopefully you guys had a good, uh, new year's other than, uh, barfing children and hopefully everybody, you know, was, was safe, but I I always like to say be safe, but, but have fun, have your fun, be safe. Um, I, a fun fact, I'm going to beat you to the fun facts here. This was the first midnight that I have made it to in, I don't even know, maybe over a decade. I I cannot remember the last time I made it till midnight. And man, am I still hurting from it today. <laughs> I'm just not meant for staying up late anymore. Yeah. Well, you're 34 now, Steve. So This is my mid-30s year coming up here. Yeah, I yeah, can't handle it anymore. Uh, yeah. I Believe it or not, even though my kid threw up in her bed at 1130 on... Uh, oh, no, wait, that was, that was the following day. That was on New Year's Day. Um, no, I didn't make it to midnight. No. No, I think I mean, we, who even we does were, that? We were close, but like, here's how hard I crashed. I, whatever time we went to bed, I want to say it was after 11 for sure. Um, apparently, my neighbor was setting off fireworks at 12 o'clock, and my bedroom window faces like his driveway, faces oh, the wow. road where he was setting off the fireworks. Didn't no hear a clue. Th- 
no clue. My daughter, it woke up my daughter because her bedroom also faces their driveway. She came into our room. So my wife had to deal with that. And I was out for the whole <laughs> thing. Classic dad sleep. Yeah. No, nope, didn't midnight, hear it. Mid- midnight did not happen on New Year's Eve, but it did happen on New Year's Day. As I just mentioned with my kid, the other one. My daughter throwing up on the first at uh, at eleven thirty at night. Ugh. Ugh. There's yeah. there's a lot of things I've learned to handle as a as a parent. You know, like boogers on you at all times. You know, sneezing in your face, like drool on you, pee poop, like all of it. Puke is just the one thing that a just a little uneasy with it, like. Oh, the, the worst one I ever had was having my daughter in my arms. This is when she was like super, super little. And she's like my tummy because she couldn't really talk that much. So it was just like my tummy. And I was like, oh, weird. Like, let's just go to the bathroom. Like, that seems like a smart, logical parent thing to do. And then I made the cardinal sin move where I got into the hallway and stopped to like reassess the situation. And she puked all over me like... This was when I had like super, super long hair. So it was like it, I had a hoodie on, it filled my hood, it was in my hair and I'm just standing there and it, you know, it's all the way down my front and I've got a kid like still throwing up and I'm just like frozen solid being like, oh, what do I do here? And there's like, run into the tub. Yeah, just let it happen. Run into the tub, like full clothes on, like shower it off. Like what else do you do? But that's the one thing that gets me as a parent. Hey, like. See, for me, like, I I think I may have mentioned this last week, but like when we used to have a dog and the dog would throw up, I couldn't clean up the dog vomit. When the kids are sick, I'm like, yep, kids are sick. Got to deal with it. You know, go into into dad mode and and deal with it sort of thing. But when my daughter had the flu the first time, she was like 14 months. I had to let her puke all over me. She puked on me probably four times that day (laughs) because the only way that she would like the only i mean she's 14 months old i can't be like go puke in the toilet go puke in a bucket no i was like i had to hold Beat her it, bud. up on my shoulder and be like all right let it go kid let and uh go. it was funny yesterday we were, i was like i was like olivia come snuggle me on the on on the couch like you know you're not feeling well it's this snuggle we watched spider-man and and hung out and, and she was daddy no it's okay i'm like no like get over here come snuggle me but daddy, I don't want to get you sick. And I'm like, kiddo, like she won't you, won't you be mad if I get you sick, dad? I'm like, no, nope. you're talking to the guy who, when you were two years old, you literally puked on my face. <laughs> yeah. Like we're good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just another one of those, uh, one of those, those parent moments where it's like, Oh, but you're going to get sick. And you're like, yeah, guess what? I I'm probably already it. Like if you're sick, I'm probably already sick. So, so that's Just the thing I don't understand is my son had it on Christmas day and then my daughter gets it a week later. So does that mean I'm going to get it next Saturday? Like how like I, 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 it's, I don't know the weirdest stomach bug we've had run through our house. All I know is we're not, you know, doing any sort of hanging out for the next foreseeable future. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, sorry, you, you want to invite me over over to your house anyways. Yeah, because we were both whole, off all last week and you your were, whole family's sick. I'm not getting sick. Did you get invited one time? Yeah, it'll happen. Don't worry. 2022 is a new year, bud. Hey, I offered <laughs> to sit in my driveway and drink. <laughs> that is true. 
Um, okay, let's get into some NFL stuff. Um, obviously, the first thing we want to bring up is, uh, you know, some sad news. Uh, I can't even remember what day that was. Um, my, my holidays have been a complete blur, but uh, the legendary coach, legendary broadcaster, uh, John Madden passes away and it kind of has the whole football world kind of reminiscing about his life and his impact on the game and what kind of person he was. Um, and, you know, obviously like one of the first things I remember as a kid would go to like the Madden games, obviously. Um, I, I actually think I started playing Madden before I started watching football. Me too. Um, and, and I mean, that was talked about too, where he, he made football accessible for people. Like I, I, to this day, I remember when I was in university, that's when I really started getting into like the, the real specifics of football and like, how does it all work? And like, what am I watching and trying to, you know, run down plays and stuff like that. And, and my roommate at the time, uh, he'd been playing Madden forever. And so he taught me how to read defensive coverages and like what kind of offense you would put out and, and how to look audibles off and stuff like that. Um, through Madden and it, it made me a better uh, football watcher for lack of a better term. Uh, so that's probably what I would remember uh, John Madden by the most obviously in my generation. Uh, what, what would be the one for you? Steve, we're only a year apart. We're the same generation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there might be a little um, bit of a cutoff there. For me, it is it is him as a commentator. Yeah. Still, um, like you said, I, I mean, I, I played Madden when I was like a thirteen year old kid. I didn't know what I was doing. That, that, that was when Madden actually um, Madden games used to include a mulligan, which um, I definitely <laughs> used a lot as a thirteen year old. Um, but yeah, just as a commentator, um, you know, just watching Monday Night Football with him and Al Michaels was was always kind of probably the, the first thing that stands out in in my mind um like everyone talks about john and, and pat summerall but for our generation steve it would be uh john and al michaels and uh and i, I remember like the first time i i heard like john madden would take a, a bus to games john madden really? doesn't like fly yeah john madden, madden didn't like flying hated flying huh. so he had like a, a full tour bus it would drive across the country to go to game to game to game. And I remember the first time hearing that and just being like mind blown, be like, there's no way. Like, I don't like, like, I mean, this was, I don't want to say early internet days, but yeah, early ish internet days where you couldn't just easily Google something and, and find the answer. And, uh, and yeah. And, and like, you know, it, it, it made so much more sense when like, on the Monday night football game, they would do the player of the game and they'd stick his, his uh, photo on like the side of a, uh, a trailer basically. Oh yeah. And yeah. Right. I, I'm sure you remember that as well. I was trying to, I, I can't remember what it was called. And I was trying to yeah. Google it the other day, the other day, but I just, I, I couldn't come up with anything. And uh, yeah, so th those are probably some of my earlier John Madden memories. And, and like I said, just the him commenting Monday night football, the, the Monday night football player, of the game and the, the player being stuck kind of on, on the side of his trailer. Um, and, and then of course, I mean, the games, I mean, I, I still play the game. I still buy this, the game year after year after year. And everyone's like, Oh, the game sucks now. And all you people that buy it year after year, idiots, you're just paying a hundred dollars for a roster update. Don't care. It's worth it. <laughs> and 
<laughs> it's totally worth it because the, the to me the games are still great i still love the games and uh i i know i tweeted it uh when he passed away and i still uh stand by it john madden uh should absolutely be on the cover of next year's oh, yeah. ea sports madden game and like i would even go a step further and i would love for them to somehow like include his voice back in the game include his his analysis his, his commentating back in the game which would would take a lot of you know maneuvering and and splicing old tape but they I mean, owe it to him the tape exists why yeah. not do it it yeah. would be a uh, i think it would be a blast yeah they that that's a really good idea i mean on the cover 1000% it's going to be him i i just i don't see any other way around that um That'd be really cool if somehow you could get his uh, analysis back into the game, even if it's, you know, not him and Al or him, him like him actually, uh, you know, broadcasting the whole game kind of thing. But maybe it's just like a, a don't you remember like on the earlier ones that used to have like, you know, I haven't played them in so long. I don't even know if they're still there, but it was like, you know, Madden's recommendation or whatever like that. I mean, you yeah. could have John Madden like talking about why he would recommend that play or something. That would be kind of cool to have that in there even just the little Madden snippets, like the, the one that's been uh, kind of making its way around lately. is like him talking about the, the Gatorade buckets and we, Oh, we've got the, the mother Gatorade bucket over here <laughs> and the father Gatorade bucket here. And like, just like little snippets like that, that you can include like, yeah. Uh, um, one of the more famous, I guess, sideline things over the past years has been uh, when Brady was in new England and nobody would give him a high five. He'd be sitting on the bench and, and no one would give him a high five. They'd, they'd all just walk by him. Madden's actually included that in their game now. That's so funny. So like if you have Tom Brady as your quarterback and he passes for a touchdown, they'll show him on the sideline. Nobody will give him a high five. So there's a way that they can take old clips of Madden and and integrate it into the game. Yeah. I mean, didn't they do it for years? You know, after Tupac died, they were releasing like new Tupac albums and it was just like all taking his voice and, you know, somehow. I think that was old recordings, but I mean, a few years ago at, I believe it was Coachella and they had uh hologram Tupac hmm. performing, right? Like yeah. there, there there's options. There's ways to do it. Yeah, definitely. Um, the next one we want to hit up, uh, this one you wanted to talk about a little more. I, I'm pretty, I got a pretty easy answer on this, but uh, you know, obviously there was some rumbling over the past week of, uh, college football players opting out of the bowl games. And you just had a couple questions here like, is it a big deal? Do NFL teams look down on these players? Um, and they do they not like football? I can't remember who it's who said that, but like Kirk Herb Street. Herb oh, Street? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll, I'll let you you take this one away to start. No, it's not a big deal. Like I, I saw a bunch of people being like, Oh, these guys quit on their team, and and uh, you know the, the the question of do NFL teams look down on, on these players? Well, I I saw somebody on Twitter like tweet something along those lines, being like NFL teams don't want these players, like they quit on their team. They're they're proving that they are quitters, and and they don't want to be there, and they don't want to compete in the big games, and this and that, and like I'm like, no, the NFL teams don't care, and like one guy's like, yeah, they do, like it's a business. I'm like, yeah, you're right, it is a business. And these college athletes are, are, he says something about like college football being a business. I'm like, yeah, it is a business. And these college athletes don't get 
any of the money that these schools make hand over fist. So they're taking care of their business. I mean, that's changed hurt. a little bit now, right? That's but changed not, a little but th- that's not to do with the school or the NCAA. They, they can do the, the, the nil agreements, the name image likeness agreements and sign contracts with companies to, to, you know, make a little bit of money that way. Yeah. I, I just thought I'd point that out that it's, it's yeah. not a hundred percent. They don't make any money. Like, you know, Reggie Bush would have still been allowed to have his Heisman trophy kind of idea if he played in this era. Right. Yeah, Cause he exactly. just wanted to make money for what he was doing. Yeah, right. For, you know, the millions and millions of dollars that he was bringing into USC. He wanted, you know, a little bit to be able to feed himself and his family. Totally. How dare he? How and it's dare just, you? The, these players need to take care of themselves. And I mean, how many times have you seen a player get hurt in these meaningless bowl games? Yeah. That, and that's the thing. We're not talking about the national championship. We're talking about like it's the Rose Bowl. Like, sure, it's it's a very prestigious college football game, and, and everyone always talks about the Rose Bowl. But at the end of the day, if it's not the national championship, it's a meaningless bowl game. It's just an extra game for the team for the colleges to make extra money. Um, and how many times have you seen these guys get hurt and their draft stock just plummet because of it? Yeah, it's. I, I totally agree with you. Like for me, this is an absolute no-brainer. Um, if you're playing in the Alamo Bowl, who I'm just looking through, uh, Oregon and Oklahoma this year. The Alamo Bowl. Who cares? It's one game. Yeah. It's literally one game. Uh, nothing matters in that game. Like I, for me, I don't think. I don't think if I'm a talent evaluator, if I'm an NFL scout, if I'm an NFL GM, a head coach, I look at that and I say, "Oh no, 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 no! That guy don't like football. We we can't have him in." Like, I'm gonna look at his collective work. And then I'm going to say to myself, why would this young man have opted out of this bowl game? Like, what were his reasons? Ask him if he's just like, yeah, I, I, I didn't want to get hurt uh, to ruin a potential like top 15 draft pick. Like, let's say his his agent and I mean, agents say a lot <clears throat> of weird stuff to to college players when they're representing them. But let, let's say your agent is you know, in the right frame of mind and says, you know what, you're going to be probably a projected top 15 to top 20 pick. Don't play in the bowl game. Because if you get hurt, you're probably looking at like a top 50 pick, top 75 pick, because teams are going to wait on you. That's the difference between millions of dollars. Like this, this is their livelihood. If my job entailed that I could get hurt and I wouldn't get paid if I went in, I might skip one of those things, especially if it was like, I don't want to call it a, an optional day, but it kind of is an optional day until you're paying these guys, um, livable wages. You can't expect that they're going to play in that game. Like, yeah, for, for me, it's a hard, like, I don't really care. Like it, it so doesn't, if you're, if you're in the, in the playoffs, if you're in the CFP playoffs, play, <laughs> playoffs uh, yeah, that, that, that's different to me. Cause you're chasing a big championship like these Rose bowls. Like, yeah, they're like this one line. It's like a wrap up game at the end of a season in high school. Like nobody cares. Nobody's, nobody's going to put too much stock into that. But like, if you, you know, if you were an Alabama player and you didn't go to the semifinals, cause you're like, well, you know, I've, I've done well all year and I'm probably a top 10 pick. I think I'll just quit now. Yeah. We might be 
talking another player who quit on his team. That's that's more where I went would go with that kind of analysis. I mean, I, I went back. I was trying to find guys that have opted out of bowl games before and have it, you know, some big names, big name players. I couldn't find anything specific because everything, of course, is talking about the three players from Ohio State and everything that just happened this this past weekend. Um, but I mean, Micah Parsons and Jamar Chase both opted out of the entire season last yeah. year. They're doing due all right. to COVID. Due to COVID, they're doing all right. Looking at probably the offensive and defensive rookie of the years. Yeah. Um, Nick Bosa got hurt in his last year at Ohio State. He got hurt. I think it was in like a game in October. He got a, suffered a core muscle injury and decided like, yeah, I'm going to get surgery. And you know what? I'm not coming back. Yeah. Like I'm done. I'm opting out. Like I, I'm thanks guys. But uh, I, I'm done playing football for Ohio State Buckeyes. He was the second overall draft pick. Yeah, my body of work has shown itself to be enough. Like that's that's what the purpose of college football is, is to yeah. display yourself to be drafted or picked up as a UDFA by an NFL team. So like if you think you've already done that, it's no different than like, uh, I, I, I can't remember what the rules are, but let's say like a junior decides to declare for the NFL draft instead of coming back for his senior season. Should we all be like, oh, that guy don't like football? Like, this guy's such a quitter on his college football team. Like, would he do that to us? It's like, no, he's, yeah. So I totally get that. Uh, players need to look out for their best interest because we hear this time and time again through the NFL that the NFL is a business. These are business decisions. Well, guess what the player's business is? Their body, their mind, uh, Those that's the business. You are the business take care of your business at all costs. That's why like, um, you know, the Ravens have had a, a pretty good track record of losing a lot of uh, free agents, like higher end players. Cause they can't, they're, they're always up against the salary cap cause they can't sign everybody. And every year I always see fans that are like, Oh, maybe he'll take a discount to come play with us. Oh, oh, this guy's so great. I can't believe he wouldn't do that to be on like a championship team. And my thought process is go get your money. Go get your money, young man. You've worked hard for this. Um, you know, you're putting a lot of things on the line, including your life, including, including like, you know, the way you handle your day-to-day -day stuff. Like we can look no further than like Ryan Chazier, who's still like, he just never played football ever again. Um, I bet you he would have liked to sign a mega deal because he, in my opinion, he was the best middle linebacker that year. Like he was the standard. You could argue Bobby, Bobby Wagner was still in there, but like Ryan Shazier was this new young kind of gold standard of middle linebackers. One play, he doesn't make any more money for the rest of his career. So go get your money while you can. Um, all right, let's get into some fun ones. Here's some cu a couple drama ones. Um, I was actually going to save this for my recap of the Ravens versus Rams, but uh, it's too good not to. I don't know if you have the clip for it at all, if you, you didn't download. Okay. Um, so I was watching this, and before they showed it, I was half paying attention because my kids were running around like maniacs, but it for sure caught my eye. All of a sudden, there's like this skirmish in the Rams defense well they're on the field and I was like what just happened there and I'm like oh whatever like maybe they were just you know when guys like are frantic trying to get the play call in and they 
throw each other around to like get to, you know, whoever's wearing the green dot is kind of pushing the guys around and telling them where to go. I thought that's kind of what it was. Uh, turns out Jalen Ramsey uh, punched his teammate, kind of punched or like open palm, like smacked him upside the head and uh, they had to be separated on the field. Now, obviously that's like some major dysfunction and uh, I had a good conversation with this guy on Twitter who was like, isn't it funny how people always talked about Marcus Peters? Like that was like his big thing being like a bad teammate or like a a suspect teammate. And he got replaced by Jalen Ramsey. Um, My question for you before we get into like the actual punches, should he not have been ejected for that? No, he threw a punch. No, he threw a punch. No, on the field. No. Hmm. So it's okay. It's okay to punch guys as long as your own teammates. Yep. Wow. Okay, you got to explain that one because we're gonna I get just, into it now. I just, I, it's when you punch a guy on the opposing team. Usually, like you're like something's let like led up to that moment. It's it's like a you know volcano ready to erupt and you finally hit that guy. It didn't look like that was happening with Ramsey and Taylor Rupp. Like obviously they had a disagreement. Taylor uh Rapp or Rupp or whatever his name is probably said something to Jalen Ramsey that Ramsey didn't like and he gave him a, sh- a shot to the face like get out of here with that sort of thing. Like I just I no you can fight with your own teammates all you want in 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 my opinion, I mean, I guess there there is a certain point where it would where it does cross a line, but I don't think what what he did there in that scenario crossed any sort of lines. Okay, um, my big thing would be like if you want to eliminate. <laughs> so uh, our buddy Ryan from the PP One podcast, same like a fight in practice. It it was a game, so it's televised. Not yeah, sure where he was I going. just, I, I, and, and that, that's very good analogy. It's just like fighting your own teammates in practice. Like it's just, yeah, things just came to a head, and I don't know. It, it I don't, I don't see it as as being a big deal. It's, hmm. yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it's like <laughs> fighting with your brothers. It's like how many times did you fight with your brothers, and your mom yells at you, "Don't do that again," and you do it again, and like. You don't get in, in any more trouble the second time than you did the first time. Okay, but how about this one? Last week, we talked about uh, Deron Payne uh, putting his finger, his hand, in another guy's face. And my reaction was like, yeah, it's on. Like, that's that's a, it's on, yeah. you don't do that. There's no difference here. The only difference is he had a helmet on. I would say maybe right. it's even worse because they're literally in the middle of a play. Like, they're in the middle of a play. If my teammate punches me or smacks me upside the head in the middle of a play, we're going to, like, we're throwing. There's just, there's something you don't do. Like, if you want to do that at practice, fine. I'm probably still going to, like, lose it on you. Um, you just, <laughs> you're a grown-ass man punching another grown-ass man. There's got to be a, like, you cannot wear the C on a jersey if your leadership way is smacking a guy upside the head in the middle of a play. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, there's just, that is not leadership qualities to me. That's somebody having a little temper tantrum and not being able to use your words to, like, be an adult. Like, literally, oh. ad- adults, 
adult behavior, you do not put your hands on another human being. Right. I, I don't, I don't the get the difference. The question, the question was, should he be ejected? No, he shouldn't. Sure. It was a punch in the middle of a game. Like, yeah. Well, then they shouldn't. Why, why, why eject a guy for punching a different guy on the field then? It's the difference. It's just, it, you know, it's just, just like, you know, your brother. Punch him, you're fine. It's different. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, anyways, I'm sure we could just sit here and disagree with like, it's different. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's just, it's just like, like I said, it's just, it, it is different. Like when you, when you punch a player on the opposing team, um, that, that can create a lot of animosity between the two teams for the remainder of the game. You hit a guy on your own team. It's not going to like, it's not like all of a sudden you're going to see, Offensive linemen, offensive linemen on the same team fighting with each other because Jalen Ramsey punched Taylor Rapp. You know what I mean? Like, you're not gonna. It's, it's, it's gonna fizzle really quick when it's two teammates. I feel like that's even more of a knock on the Rams as a whole. Like, if I'm a leader on that team, obviously not an offensive lineman because they're on the sideline or something like that. But if I'm Aaron Donald and I wear the C, I walk up to Jalen Ramsey stand in front of him and say, grow the you-know-what up. Grow up. We're trying to win a football game. We're trying to get to the playoffs. We're trying to make a championship run. You're putting that in jeopardy right now by, like, all of these things could be grieved, uh, you know, on the sideline talking about it like uh, adults or wait until halftime or behind closed doors it's even more acceptable to do that kind of stuff where like just tensions boil over but like in the middle of a game like i don't know i i just i think that's poor leadership and i i think there's you know maybe he shouldn't have gotten kicked out of the game i don't don't really care i just my big thing with it is poor leadership he he's wearing the c on his jersey for that team and if i'm on that team i look at that and say oh that's how we deal with things so every time like you piss me off. I just punch you. Okay, cool. Well, Aaron Donald's killing a bunch of dudes at that rate. <laughs> he might just murder everybody on that team. Um, anyways, let's, let's move on to a different one. Cause I'm sure this one, uh, will take most of our time. There's, there's some really funny things that we got to talk about with this one. Um, it kind of lit Twitter up yesterday, lit the football world up. And that was Antonio Brown, taking his pads off, throwing it into the bench, taking his jersey or his undershirt off, his gloves, chucking them into the stands, and then uh, walking through the field of play, <laughs> waving goodbye to the Bucks fans, um, kind of doing like this side shuffle step and then jogged off the field. And so uh, I'm, I'm going to let you have another first crack at this one because I can tell you're, you're ready to go off here. So give and then everybody... he went and changed went and went and called an Uber and stood outside the stadium <laughs> waiting for an Uber, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like the temper tantrum of all temper tantrums. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, Again, to you know, Ryan just mentioned it about the you know the, the two teammates fighting with each other. I'm sure things like that happen all the time in practice, where guys get pissed off at the coach and they you know storm off the field, throw their helmet, and walk away or whatever. Um, 
you hear about that in preseason a lot actually where guys get kicked out of practice because like something heats over right you you it's actually not that uncommon no but like you know maybe everyone's talking about this because it happened on live tv in the middle of a game and the guy literally threw his pads ran through the end zone like I think play was play not going on when he ran through the end zone. Yeah, there's there's the meme where he's kind of got his hands <laughs> up like this, and you can see like both teams behind like are just coming out of like the huddle. It looks like. Yeah, so it's just I, I it's I mean, unbelievably, you know, what you want to talk about immaturity and having a temper tantrum. Um, Antonio Brown uh, showcased that for the whole world yesterday. Obviously, there, there's, you know, probably some sort of, oh, there is some underlying mental health issues uh, there, I'm sure, that he needs to deal with, um, or, you know, traumatic brain injury that, that he needs to deal with or what have you. Um, but how can you not watch that video? And, and for me, it was, it was seeing him outside of the stadium, and I was like, oh, like, that's fake, that's fake. But if you, like, zoom in in the background, you can see, like, the New York Jets, like, banners hanging up in the yeah. background it was not That's, fake yeah it was like from and, and, well, and then the the Uber a driver video, that yeah that picked him up like jumped on instagram live is i'm here with antonio <laughs> brown right now <laughs> like, here's our boy ab and then he drops and then like he drops a uh a, a, a rap track or album or song yeah. or whatever whatever it's called or like like if people are like did he just do that to like get himself a bunch of publicity before he drops his rap album. Like maybe like maybe he's just, maybe he's on a whole other level of clowning the rest of the world. Like he's, he's on a a whole other level. That's for sure. He's got this all planned out. That that would be pretty hilarious if that was actually it. Uh, My favorite Twitter. I actually screenshotted these so I wouldn't forget them. Uh, My favorite Twitter responses to this um the golfer brooks Kopeka, he said yeah. hot take ab will fight a paul brother before the year is over <laughs> <laughs> and then um michael david smith uh says mike tomlin tolerating antonio brown for nine seasons is one of the great coaching achievements in nfl history <laughs> <laughs> it's so true though like how mike tomlin got this guy and Le'Veon bell and Le'Veon Bell in the same room to be a productive and very dangerous uh, team that probably had the, it had all the recipes to go to a Super Bowl. Um, How he held that locker room together is like next level coaching stuff. Like that's just wild to me. Not not that I follow the AFC North too closely. AB was relatively normal until Vontez Perfect broke his brain. Eh, maybe that that one's hard for me to tell like how many shots do you take in football you know year after year after year after year that one's kind of hard for me to to say one one shot kind of took it all out of you um i don't know like you know the the shot that you know the, the straw that broke the camel's back maybe like, yeah possibly for- right like that that not when he got knocked out by perfect like that was yeah that seemed to change everything right yeah possibly like me maybe that was like you said me who knows i'm I'm not a brain doctor like it it very well could be um 
my favorite part of that whole video though is watching Mike Evans hold his jersey on, like talks to him, is like put your jersey back on, then holds his jersey, and then on the third time is just like, okay, screw it, I don't care. Like, be a child. There's only, like, yeah, I, there's I only don't so care. much you can do and say before you have to be like, whatever, man, sink sink your ship. Yeah, like I'm like, not having any part of it. Good you, luck. You went to the perfect 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 situation uh got a super bowl ring out of it are probably looking at a very strong possibility of a second super bowl ring uh not that he needs the money but how he was so close to three incentives that were worth you know a combined almost million dollars um yeah i i guess my my initial thoughts and you know i i put this in our our, our google hangouts chat with the boys um i just I hope this dude can find the help he needs because yeah. like, I, I don't know if you saw Tom Brady's response to it, but there's a guy who, who gets it. And this is hard for me to say. Cause like I, I keep wanting to hate Tom Brady still. Cause I still think of him as, you know, the AFC East guy that the Ravens had to go through and whines on the field all the time. Uh, but between throwing a Lombardi from, you know, boat to boat and, and being the first person to step up and just say like, we need to have compassion for Antonio Brown as he's going through this stuff. Um, that that's how I, it, it, yes, it's funny. It is funny. And you know, AB is even laughing at it. Like you can see in, in the Uber ride on the, on the way out, he's like, he's loving it. He's loving the attention. He's like, he, you can tell he doesn't care. Um, but I hope like his, whoever his support network is, I just really hope they're behind this guy 1000% because, you know, you are right, Chris. There, there's something not right. Whatever it is, something is not right. And uh, hopefully, hopefully he can get uh, the help he needs. Did you see the um, Joe Burrow quote? I think it was either today or yesterday about Jamar Chase. Uh, I think I remember seeing something, but remind me. So, I mean, of course, after, um, it was either before the draft or after the draft and everyone was like, if the Bengals don't take a left tackle, like they're screwed and Joe Burrow's going to be under pressure all season. And he's just going to have to go F it. Jamar's down there somewhere. (laughs) Oh, I did (laughs) see that in his press conference. He goes, yeah, you, you guys have all seen the meme. Like, after Jamar's down there somewhere <laughs> like after Jamar's three touchdown game yesterday, yeah. which I, uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, I love that stuff when the players show their personality and their, their, their human side. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like as much as I dislike the Bengals because they're an AFC North rival, um, you know, I, I was talking with our buddy Liam here, who's a big Bengals fan. They're exciting to watch. You know, like football as as a pure football take, the the game, the NFL game is better to watch when that team is on like in the game playing because they're they're just so electric. Like they were, I, I was obviously following box scores in that game. Um, they were down, I think it was like tw- when I looked, it was twenty eight to fourteen or whatever, and I was like, yes yes, the Bengals are going to lose. Like, this is what, you know, and the, the Ravens were obviously dominating uh, or or at least leading the game at the time. And I was like, yes, this is exactly what I need to happen uh, for my team to have a chance. And wouldn't you know it, 
you know, uh, I'm just looking here. It was 28-17 at half. So they, they'd kicked another field goal um, before half there. And then they uh, put up 17 points over the Chiefs' three points. So, like, the team is just so damn powerful on offense. Like, you've got a stud quarterback. You've got a stud running back. You've got probably three stud wide receivers. Like, I, I guess the first thing I would say is like, I know we did takes on like, you know, during the draft last year and we, you know, both of us were like, they need an offensive tackle. Like I would not go Jamar Chase. I would go Panay Sewell. Well, I'm, I was wrong. I was, cl- I was wrong. I was clearly wrong. Um, I'm okay. You know, looking back on that and saying like, damn, you guys made the right choice. Like you for sure made the right choice because Jamar Chase is just ridiculous. He fits that offense well. He fits what Joe Burrow wants to do. And pairing him with all those other guys, like um, it's going to be a tough team to stop. That's all I can say. That's that's a legit Super Bowl contender in that team because at any point they can score on you with, you know, 30 to 40 seconds. So, um, but this is not a Bengals podcast who day? They're the Ravens that we talk about. <laughs> See what I did there? Stupid Bengals. <laughs> I'm just. Brian bitter. wants to know what I miss. I was putting honey mustard on some French fries. Ooh. Brian, I saw the way you put honey mustard on your smile face French fries. And I don't know, bud. Looks like you're having a bukkake party over there. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I was just going to say it looked reminiscent of his frozen mustache picture and leave it at that. But Chris wanted to go X rated here. Holy oh. uh, kids. If you didn't already put your earmuffs on, make sure you put your earmuffs on when Chris is talking on the ball Hawks podcast. You, you never know what's going to come out of his mouth next. <laughs> BBHP. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> I made you go first last week and you didn't want to. So it's only fair if I make myself go first. Um, Ravens, Rams, Ravens lose another nail biter. Wouldn't you know it? Shocker. The Ravens lose by a point. Um, Longest losing streak uh, of the John Harbaugh era. This is probably the most frustrating loss I can remember. Uh, I, I was just trying to think of it before we jumped on. Like, what, what was more frustrating or, or what was the loss that really got to me before this? You know, I'm thinking, you know, when the Bengals eliminated the the Ravens on Tyler Boyd's big fourth down catch from Andy Dalton. I'm thinking of Christmas Day where Antonio Brown reached out over the goal line to end the Ravens season. Um, this one was maybe equally as frustrating because the season is on the line. Uh, and it's a tale of two halves. First half comes out and they look like a team that's going to just absolutely control the game. They're going to dominate the Rams. Uh, and, you know, they're going to be in good in a good position to get a wild card playoff berth. Um, the defense, for some reason, uh, Chuck Clark has an early pick six. Uh, it's the First picks, or I think it was the first interception. I'd have to go back and look. First interception since almost a year ago by Chuck Clark. That's how few interceptions uh, the Ravens get. Uh, you know, the, the defense was missing more players again. Wouldn't you know it? Our rookie pass rusher, star rusher, Odafe Owe was out. 
Uh, our remaining best cornerback, Anthony Averett, was out. Um, they're just depleted again. They, they got some more people back off of COVID, but this was one of those ones where if you were a betting person, and you know I said this on our fantasy cast last week, start every Ram receiver because the Ravens have no secondary and they're just going to feast. Well, man, did they shut me up in the first half. Like, did they ever shut me up in the first half? Uh, Chuck Clark has the pick six, but he also has a second uh, interception of the half. Um, The defense held this team in all game. And I earlier today, I had this conversation with uh, a guy about uh, the defense giving up the game late in, you know, the, the last minute drive, the defense gives it up. And I'm like, are you out of your damn mind? This defense gave up. I, I don't count the PAT. I count the PATs with uh, with the, the pick six. The offense scored 12 points. The defense scored seven. That That's all there is to it. Like if you if I would have if you would have told me, Chris, hey, Steve, uh, the the L.A. Rams with Cooper Cup, with Odell Beckham, with uh, Van Jefferson, Matthew Stafford throwing them the ball, uh, a really a red hot Sony Michelle, Tyler Higby's been been a good weapon for them. Uh, by the way, your defense is going to hold them to twenty points, and they're going to score seven for you. I would have said, "Let's go, baby." There's an easy W. Like they did everything they could have done to win this game. I don't care if they gave it up at the end. They gave it up, but the offense still had a chance to march it back down the field and, and score and win. Um, this is, I think, the third week in a row I've said in the first half, Rashad Bateman was used early and often. Uh, and wouldn't you believe it? That's a recipe for success. You drafted this receiver in the first round to be a playmaker. Uh, let him make plays. But again, uh, the offensive identity kind of got thrown out the window. And uh, I, I didn't see Rashad Baton being utilized like he did early. Um, Tyler Huntley had a really strong first half. He couldn't, couldn't punch the ball in uh, on in, in the Rams' uh, red zone. But I, I thought he played well. Like, he played well for a backup um, I thought he was put in some unnecessary situations. Um, he did make one really silly play right at the very end of the half. Um, he tosses up a ball to Marquise Brown on the sideline. He thought Marquise Brown was cutting back. Marquise Brown kept going. Uh, the Rams ran the ball back for like 30, 40 yards, uh, and then they scored seven points. I thought that was kind of the turning point of the game. But again, he's a backup quarterback with a handful of starts. You kind of have to expect that he's going to make these little mental errors that, you know, inexperienced quarterbacks will do. Um, I I thought he played well. Bad decision there. Um, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is a beast. This guy is un-freaking-believable. In the first half... I think it was the first half or maybe early uh, early into the third quarter. Um, he surpassed uh, Michael Jackson, not the singer, but the former Ravens wide receiver, 
Uh, he beat his all-time uh, single-season receiving yards for the, the a franchise history there um, with only 1,201 yards. That is the most yards a single player has ever put up for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, that was done in 1996, so that's you know a 25-year uh, record that fell, and wouldn't you believe it, to a tight end. Of all, of all people, like of all people, a uh, tight end breaks it. Um, and then I was looking at some stuff earlier yesterday and today. Mark Andrews is only 140 receiving yards away from breaking the NFL tight end record uh, held by Travis Kelsey. And, you know, we, we talked about is is Andrew's tight end number one right now. And I think some people will still argue that Travis Kelsey is because he's been putting up thousand plus, you know, 1400 yard seasons for the last six or seven years. And I I get that. I I would agree with that. Chris, you made the argument that like uh, George Kittle, when he's on the field and if he could stay healthy, he would be, you know, ahead of Mark Andrews. But I know it's a 17th game that they get, but if he breaks that record, like maybe he's not, tight end number one year after year but this season right now he is the best tight end in the nfl for sure just i i I, I think availability matters it does but i I think for that conversation it needs to be consistency too i mean as much as availability availability matters so does consistency consistency mark andrews has been consistent but this has been a career year for him right sure well that's what i mean like if we're talking about like who is the best tight end just overall, you know, yeah, probably he it's the, the one, two, three conversation. Now Uh, this year he is the best tight end. I just, there's nobody that can tell me different because he's leading in receptions. He's leading in yards. I think he's tied for touchdowns now because I think Travis Kelsey got one. Um, He's number six in the NFL for receiving yards just a handful behind Debo Samuel. Um, he's ahead of Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs. Like that's pretty impressive. And when I think about it even more, the last three games, he's had two games from Tyler Huntley and one from Josh Johnson. So like, again, he hasn't got that extra shove like Mahomes would, you know, Mahomes is going to pass for 50 to 60 times. So I just thought I'd give my boy, Mark Andrews, a little extra love, uh, He's he's phenomenal. I'm so glad they're utilizing this guy because when he makes those plays, it's just like a momentum booster. Like he's just he's so animated when he makes those plays that like the whole team kind of rallies around him. Um, and I absolutely love him. Um, there there was there was a funny little uh, screenshot that I, I can't remember who I screenshotted it. I, I can't remember who posted this on Twitter. But I do remember seeing this. Uh, it went to the NFL ranks for the defense, or sorry, for the for the offense for the Baltimore Ravens. First in rushing, thirty second in passing. It's like I don't know whether to be pissed off or whether I should be impressed that they're able to do that somehow. <laughs> like, how do you manage to be the best rushing team in the absolute worst? Uh, or sorry, sorry, that was my bad. That was on defense. 
Um, just, well, that was the defense. Yeah, right? it, I saw that. Yeah, it was it was the defense. So they're they're number one in uh, rushing yards. So they're they're a wall up front. I think on the fantasy cast, that's why we said probably wouldn't start Sony Michelle. Um, and thirty second in passing. It it's pretty comical actually. Like you know what you have to do against this team. Why are you even trying to run the ball on them? Just just throw every play, I guess. Um, kind of like the exact opposite of the Patriots strategy. Um, just a couple more things. I'll be quick with this. Uh, there was a few plays where in zone or man, I, I still can't, couldn't figure out what they were in. Um, the closest person to Cooper cup was middle linebacker, Patrick queen. If you put a middle linebacker, an outside linebacker, a defensive end, a D tackle, uh, a safety. If you put any of those people on the NFL's leading uh, wide receiver in receptions, targets, yards, and touchdowns, you're going to lose a football game. There's just, there's no other way to get around that. I couldn't believe that they had him dialed up as the person in that coverage. Like they should have been doubling Cooper Cup like they did with Devontae Adams. I was absolutely flabbergasted uh that they would do that and then the final one uh there's a lot of rumblings whether greg roman should be fired i think i'm finally on the train uh that he just needs to go i think he's run his course in that team i think he's run his time with what he can do for the offense and i think just a different system you you take the good things that you liked from his like his run schemes um, and you put a fresh mind in there that's going to evolve this offense uh, a little bit forward. I'm going to leave it at that because uh, we're I've been rambling for a little while, and uh, everybody who who probably heard that has has already commented. I, I, I was on Twitter a lot with that one, so I think <laughs> I had lots to say on that. But if you want to hit me up on Twitter at uh, ssfisher87, I would love to have that conversation with you. Um, yeah. Now on to you, Chris. You got a big W uh, today. You got a big W yesterday. I got a big W today, too. Good for you. Like an A&W burger? I didn't. I had to go to work today like a sucker. I'll be there tomorrow. Don't worry. I don't get the cushy teacher life. Yeah. Um, yeah, Seahawks, I mean, came out uh, against the Detroit Lions and dropped a 50-burger on them, 51-29, to 29, which I don't want anyone, anyone coming at me, yeah, well, it's the Lions, and they're this, I don't care, don't care, good, te- good teams should beat up on the bad teams, and that's that, I mean, the fact that the Seahawks gave up 29 points is, I think, too much, but whatever, garbage time, <laughs> garbage time points to a garbage time team. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, um, they started the game uh, 0 for 2, which I actually, I guess I got the benefit of time with this episode. Um, Russell Wilson on, uh, on on the first drive went 0 for 2. They had a 3 and out. Uh, he came out with no gloves on. Second drive, he was wearing one and a half gloves. So he had a full glove on his non-throwing hand, on his left hand. On his right hand, he had a glove, but he cut off all the fingers except for his middle finger on his right hand, which is the finger that of course he Mm -hmm. injured earlier in this season. 
So he's, he was wearing one and a half gloves. And after starting the game 0 for 2, he finished the game 20 for 27. He had four touchdown passes. Uh, I can't remember how many yards he finished with. Doesn't matter. A lot. Um, less than Joe Burrow, but like a lot. So, um, yeah, the Seahawks is good. I was happy. Um, one of the other first things that I noticed as well um, about this game was DK Metcalf's body language. He hmm. looked like he didn't want to be there. Oh, really? Like actually, I think at, I saw you tweet something like that. I did. Yeah. yeah. He he didn't want like he was just I don't like even with his dark visor on and like even when it was like his back turned to the camera, like just his body language was like head down. I don't want to be here going through the motions like he would, um, you know, he would it was a running play and like um, he was ended up on, on the turf somehow. And he's, I don't know, just like got up a little slower than like normal for DK Metcalf and kind of sauntered back to the huddle. And, um, maybe, you know, at, maybe, at they point, need, maybe they need him to be like that. Didn't he get two touchdowns? Three. Oh, oh yeah. He got the third one too. Maybe, he maybe they three, need to be yeah. like DK. Just, just chill. Just go out there. Like you don't care and we'll find you some touchdowns. Right. Like, <laughs> Hey, we're not going to throw, throw you the ball at all this week. And, and then all of a sudden he ends up with three touchdowns. So yeah, so I don't know. It, it was pretty weird. Like even at one point, like during the huddle, like it looked like he just kind of like walked past Russell Wilson. Like they didn't even really look at each other. It felt like so. I don't know. Hopefully, uh, you know, it's just uh, nothing. Hopefully, it's nothing. Honestly, yeah. Um, you know, touchdowns make everything feel better, of course. And he had three of them, so that helps. Certainly helps. Um, but it was just, I don't know, it, it was weird. And there, there was a few other people that were, I mean, even like Gus Johnson and uh, Akib Tlaib were, were talking about his body language as well. They, they didn't quite go as far as I did saying it doesn't look like he wants to be there. But yeah, it, some some of his body language was, was kind of off hmm. all, all game long, it, it, it felt like. And I don't know, maybe he's just getting frustrated with the lack of... Um, lack of plays, lack, lack of touches, maybe I'm, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Um, I mean, I would still love to see them give him some sort of jet sweep or end around or something like that. Um, they gave Tyler Lockett one. Uh, he scored a touchdown. <clears throat> they gave D Eskridge one. He went for like 30 yards and got tackled at the one yard line, uh, like right at the end of the game. So <laughs> which actually uh, was kind of funny. So Eskridge got tackled at the one yard line and the Seahawks just set up in victory formation from that point forward really? the fans were actually the fans were booing really that that i mean the cx are up 51 to 29 and the fans are booing that they're not scoring more points <laughs> i mean it, it is the last home game of the season i guess you you know punch you, that you baby wanna, in punch yeah, that you, baby in i mean i was certainly being like all right put rashad penny back on the field let him get another touchdown <laughs> you grease monkey <laughs> I was doing the same thing when uh, Ugo Amadi uh, got, got uh, I think it was his first career interception, but he ended up like fumbling it and like, it was just, a, it was a disaster. But all I could think about was like, all right, I don't want this to be a pick six, but like get it to like the 10 yard line. So Rashad Penny can come in and score <laughs> another touchdown. So guess who Chris had on his fantasy team in championship week this, this, uh, this, this past week. So yeah, that was um, a double W. Yeah, I, I was just looking champion. here though, Chris. Um, you you had said something about uh, DK 
like DK maybe because he wasn't like he's not being utilized or not getting the touches he wants. Um, he's 20th in the NFL for total targets. So like I, I, I was thinking that same thing. I'm like, okay, is it because of touches? Well, he's got the 20th most. Like may, maybe that's not enough for him, but he should realize that like they run the ball a lot and he's got a crazy good weapon on the other side of him and Tyler Lockett. Could this be a young guy came into the league, took the league by storm, went to the playoffs, like get to the playoffs in your first year. You think that's just how the NFL goes. You know, I, I, I wonder if it's because it's been such a losing season and like a young guy not being able to like jump over that hurdle of like, oh, I'm, we're not actually going to win all the time. I, I don't know. I, I just wonder about that. I, I always wondered about that with, with young, like when rookies win the Super Bowl in their first year, and they're just like, "Oh, this is what the NFL is like." We year one, we just win Super Bowls. Um, yeah, I just wonder if that's what it is for him. Yeah, I mean, and he did say something somewhat along those lines today in his pre- press conference. As you know, still a, still a young player in this league. I still have a lot to learn. Um, a lot of growth this season and, 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 and maturity this season. Um, but I still have room for, for more. And, and so, yeah, there, there is definitely some, so some room for maturity and some, and growth, uh, on, on his end, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of the guy on the other side there, Tyler Lockett, um, he set a career, uh, single season high with 1,076 receiving yards. Um, of course there's one more game for him to add on to that, which, I saw that. And I was like, really? Like, this is like a thousand and he's never hit 1100, um, which kind of shocks me. I mean, last year he had like a hundred catches. Yeah. You just think of him as like a thousand yard receiver all the time, right? Yeah. Year after year. Yeah. He had a he had hundred, I think 101 catches last year. I think it was something like that. Um, so for him to have that many catches and not break 1100 yards is somewhat shocking. Um, of course, he has a he career just, year after I trade him in fantasy football. Your favorite player too. I, I know I trade. I I got Damien Harris out of it, so I, I think I did all right on that one. That, that was a really fair trade. Yeah. Anyways, um, Jake Curhan, who was an who? undrafted, <laughs> yeah, exactly. he's an undrafted free agent, uh, rookie right tackle. He's played the last few weeks now. I, th- I want to say the last three or four weeks, and I think the Seahawks may have found their right tackle of the future. Sweet. I mean, he's inexpensive. He's playing well. He, I, he's got a little bit of work to do, probably, in my opinion, anyways, uh, in pass protection. But he's an absolute mauler in the run game, um, which, I mean, what does Pete Carroll love? <laughs> Running the ball. Like a young um, DK, like a young fluker, hey? Yeah, like just absolute mauler. So, um, I mean, I, I'm that, that's one guy I'm excited to see. Uh, his growth and development in the off season and, and see what, uh, what he can do, you know, next year with potentially a, a full season of, uh, of games ahead of him. Um, so I will Rashad Penny. Sure. Like where has this been? I mean, again, he hasn't been healthy his entire career basically, but like, where has this guy been? This is the reason, like, these last four games, maybe not so much the Rams game, is the reason why the Seahawks made him a first-round draft pick. 
Yeah. It's unfortunate it's taken four seasons for him to, you know, show that, you know, hey guys, this is what I can do. And this is why I was drafted where I was drafted. Um, a lot of people are, Rashad himself, are, are actually crediting Adrian Peterson um, for for kind of putting him in, you know, where he needs to be and, and showing him how to run the ball and, and be more effective with his touches. And there's a lot of people on Seahawks Twitter being like, hire Adrian Peterson as our running back coach. Like, bring him back. And um, it doesn't sound like you were watching the game, but they showed AP on the side on the Seahawks sideline. Um, just in his street clothes, he's been placed on IR, so he's done for the year. There he is on the sideline, street clothes, big old dip in his mouth. <laughs> Again. <laughs> That's what I want in my coach. That guy would probably play football with a dip in if he could. Oh, yeah. 100%. So, I just, like, the Seahawks didn't pick up Rashad Penny's fifth-year option. So, he's a free agent mm. after this year. And, and that make that makes sense why they wouldn't have in the off season, right? Like, oh, absolutely, hundred percent. No mean, way I'm, you were paying him that much money after that no. body of work. I mean, he got hurt this year. He, he had a stint on at least one stint on the IR this year. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, yeah, there's no way that that you know, God, if they had picked up his fifth year option in the off season, people were losing <laughs> their minds. But now here we are, and it's just like, well, should they bring him back? Yeah. Which. I think absolutely they should I'd cut Chris Carson, um, which I mean, Chris Carson's career might be over anyways, but if you cut Chris Carson, it's only $3 million in dead cap. The Sears are going into the next season with the seventh most cap space. Um, I say sign Rashad Penny to a, you know, two or three year deal. He's only going to be like 26. So he's hitting like, the prime year, like 26, 27, 28 are like typically the, the prime running back years, which I don't know why I'm air quoting that. Cause I mean, Rashad Penny's kind of proving that it's the, the prime years of a running back. Um, I say, bring him back if you can, if you know, if you can afford to, what, what are you offering him? If, if you want that, like, you know, providing he wants to accept a two or three year deal. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, he, you know, he's got to think about his, his long-term, um stability but like you know why not do a three year or maybe even a four year but like the the final year of the contract is avoidable year and like four to four and a half million per year yeah i would i would say with a guy like that anytime i would have a player who is like injury laden um, when he's on the field and healthy, he could help your team worried that he's going to stay on the field. I, I think any deal in the four and a half million, that's getting pretty expensive for, you know, a mid to late twenties running back, uh, who has really had a good third of a season. Um, I think you have to do that as an incentive base where it's like, okay, you can make up to four and a half million dollars. Like, if you eclipse a thousand yards rushing, if you play more than 90% of the snaps, like there would, for me anyways, there would have to be a lot of those bonus laden incentives in that contract for me to take four and a half million. But maybe that's what it takes to keep a guy like that. You never, you never know. Right. That's what I mean. It's like, I mean, there's no hiding that they've been showcasing him these last four games 
if the Seahawks aren't, aren't going to pay, like there, there, I wouldn't be surprised if there's another team out there that we're willing to pay him more. There's suitors, right? There's going to be suitors yeah. for him for for sure, right? I mean, Jacksonville, yeah. maybe. Well, I mean, they're um, going to get Travis Etienne back, so. Yeah, but they're going to be without James Robinson probably. They but, weren't using them anyways, so. Yeah. Sorry, the Urban, Jets, the Urban Meyer wasn't using them. Yeah, they, I don't know. It, I, I, there's there, there's going to be suitors r- yeah, regardless. For sure. Um, and then, of course, the big question is the final home game of the Seahawks season. Um, is this the last that we see of Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner Ooh. in a Seahawks jersey in Seattle? Which um, Bobby's the bigger question mark i would say which is really unfortunate like he got hurt on literally the first play of the game uh it turns out he sprained his mcl and pcl so no surgery required but he's not going to play in the last game of the year either oh. so we may have seen the last of bobby wagner in a seahawks jersey and the reason why he's kind of the one that, that is the bigger question mark is he has a 20 million dollar cap hit next year but only three million in dead cap if they cut him. Not that's tough. Not man. that's tough, right? For a uh, what is he? A thirty-three-year-old linebacker? Yeah, thirty-two um, or thirty-three, something like that, right? So it's 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 that's that that's a tough one to swallow. Um, and I, you know, unfortunately, especially with him being injured now, might be writing on the wall. Um, but I don't know. Maybe they try and restructure him. And, and bring him back. Um, but Cody Barton also stepped in and filled in admirably. Uh, Jordan Brooks is a middle linebacker by trade. Um, so maybe they put Jordan Brooks into that spot and look at, uh, you know, maybe moving Daryl Taylor off the line back to an outside linebacker because that's technically what he is by trade, but I disagree with that. Um Maybe they'll look at getting some other outside linebackers through the draft or free agency um, and just kind of getting a little bit younger at, at that position again. Um, not that Bobby's, I mean, his play hasn't fallen off. He's still, I mean, he's a Pro Bowl linebacker still. Hundred and what, 170 <clears throat> tackles? Something ridiculous like that. Yeah, like I, I think I just saw some linebacker for Atlanta is now leading the, yeah. the league in tackles. But yeah. like I said, Bobby got hurt on the first play and didn't play the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know. The I won't even talk about the Russell Wilson saga because we'll be talking about it for the next four months, I'm sure. Yep. Um, <laughs> I mean, the the stories are already coming out. The the agent's already leaking crap. So, like I said, I I don't know. It, it may have been his last game. I, I don't think so. The Seahawks know that they need to start a quarterback to, to, to win. Um, and you're not going to trade him for a, for another star quarterback. Um, so personally, I think he stays. Um, but like I said, we'll talk about it next week and the week after that, the week after that, and the week after that. That reminds and probably me probably the entire month of February and the entire month of March. And that reminds anyways. me of when we first started this podcast, right up until yeah. you know the start of September. <laughs> yeah, we're getting deja vu. Hey, yeah. All right. Um, other than, other than that, I mean. You're in the win column. I'm in the win column. Great way to close out the season at home for sure. Um, you know, DK getting those three touchdowns. Uh, Rashad Penny led me to a fantasy football championship. Um, so, you know, double win there, like you said. 
Um, definitely no complaints about this game. And like I said, I don't want to hear, yeah, well, the Lions don't don't care. Good team should be bad teams. It's a win. Yeah. It's a win. Also, I, I agree with you. Um, score as many points as you want on a team. If you don't like And I said this when Cincinnati, you know, was racking up points on the Ravens. If you don't like it, stop them. That Nowhere in the game does it say you have to, like, ease up because of certain things. Like, I, I don't care. Like, Well, you... I will say one nice thing about Detroit. Okay. Amon Just Ross one. St. Brown is phenomenal. He was he was fun to watch. He was all over the field. It seemed like every time a receiver caught the ball, it was him. Yeah. Yeah. He... A lot of fun. And he's catching balls from Jared Goff, so... <laughs> Not even it was oh, Tim Boyle. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was Tim Boyle. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, he should be exciting to watch. Um, all right, let's move on to everyone's favorite segment of the week. The third down segment brought to you by Bad Tattoo Kelowna. What do you have for us this week, Chris? Yeah, the third down is back once again. And once again, it is presented by Debt. Debt. Debt, bad tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> bad tattoo brewing in Kelowna, BC. Um, I mean, you know, everyone's talking about dry February. I say forget that. Go to badtattoobrewing.com. Sign up for the Bad Tattoo Beer Club. You get some of that damn good beer shipped directly to your doorstep all across Canada. The football, NFL playoffs are coming up, guys. You don't want to, uh, you know, be parched and and uh you know losing your voice because you're screaming at your tv too much make sure you get some beer keep yourself hydrated so you can yell at your tv all day (laughs) to drive your wife crazy okay two things about that you said dry february it's january so let's figure out how what we're gonna drink in january before we did i say no i said no you're gonna listen back to it and you're gonna be like Uh, damn he was right i'm gonna have i'm gonna have to go back and check yeah um i got the email of what they're delivering did you get it the winter winter mixed pack pack of my favorite the the peanut butter chocolate porter uh the oat milk stout that we've been talking about recently uh one that you were raving about the red plum winter sour and this one this one is the one that's really got my attention uh counter flows uh uncommon grounds coffee lager a big fan of coffee lagers so um, there's just, I, I like coffee stouts and, and things like that. But when you do coffee lagers, they're kind of lighter. Uh, I feel like you get more of that, like authentic coffee flavor out of it. Uh, and if we know anything about bad tattoo, we know that they're going to be using real ingredients. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe we'll have to call Ryan up and ask him. I, I'm guessing they just put the whole coffee bean right in the brew. I, maybe our, our buddy Jake Vogel, uh, if he's listening and watching, he can comment since he's our resident brewmaster. Uh, he can <laughs> tell us how that would work, but probably uh, just straight up coffee beans in there. Uh, so make sure you get that winter pack before maybe the snow goes away and it's not winter anymore. Hopefully, I don't it goes feel away. like the snow's going anywhere. <laughs> It'll never we're leave. Like an, we're supposed to get like another 25 centimeters this week. Oh, perfect. Yeah. But that's okay. At least my new house that I moved to, I like downsized in terms of not my house, my house I upsized, but my driveway I downsized by like 1000%. (laughs) Like when I was shoveling, I'm like, I'm already done. Like, I don't want to go back inside yet. (laughs) 
just gonna the hang kids out. are in there. I'm just going to hang out here and pretend <laughs> I'm still shoveling. <laughs> but yeah, guys, go to badtattoobrewing.com. Like I said, sign up for the Bad Tattoo Beer Club. Get that beer shipped right to your doorstep with your freshly shoveled driveway <laughs> all across Canada. That's right. Um, this week for the third down. Now, last week on the third down, I don't know if you guys remember, but it ended in a bit of a fight. Oh, yeah, it did. Steve felt like it was unfair that I went off script and didn't give him the first down. And I say he needs to come with a better team next time. Wow. Didn't, so, didn't Jake call you out last week, too, saying I should have gotten it? No, actually, I didn't hear from Jake. Oh, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're still a cheater, so I, I'm ready for it. Like, I'm, I'm already fired up. So this <laughs> week for the third down, I mean, we all know last week we talked about snow, up, snow day activities, and I told Steve the right answer was, it's too cold, stay inside. <laughs> so this week for the third down, Steve, it's still too cold, stay inside. <laughs> Okay, I, I don't know what that theme is, but I'm I'm ready for it. It's I guess we would we'll we'll call it uh, you know the, the things that you would do uh, on a cold winter's day rather than going outside and and playing in the snow. Okay, so it's cold outside. I don't want to go out there. I just want to you know I just want to stay inside and stay cozy. Um, so it's the like I said, it's the too cold stay inside battle. Third down presented by Bad Tattoo Kelowna. Steve, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this thing. Third down. All right. First matchup. We have read a book versus building a puzzle. I feel like you're setting me up for this. Like, oh, the teacher better, you know, he teaches English. You better pick read a book. Um, my kids just got two new puzzles uh, on uh, New Year's Day. And they're, they're starting to level up in puzzles. Like before we would do these 12-piecers, 24-piecers. Uh, they're up to these 100-piece puzzles. And uh, man, did we have a lot of fun with those. We had a lot. Like they're at the age now where they... I mean, Easton still struggles with them a little bit, being a little bit younger than Sienna. Um, but she's starting to figure out, you know, rotating pieces, finding colors and... and matching those up and trying things and throwing that piece down and finding a different one. Uh, and it just keeps us entertained for hours and it's fun. Like I know we've talked about this before, but I absolutely love sitting like a creep and just watching my kids do something and just watching their brain work. And you can like, you can see the brain like being challenged and worked. Um, and I, I do love how puzzles challenge my kids and, uh, the right answer is probably read a book. I do enjoy reading, you know, a book, uh, not so much with kids because you can't really get into the book. They interrupt you with things. Uh, so for that reason, I'm going to say it's more practical right now to do a puzzle. I hope your students are listening. I don't, I, if, if all of you guys heard that te- teacher, Mr. Steve Fisher said, don't read books. Books are bad. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Um, we started building a puzzle the other day. I think it was like a thousand piece puzzle. And it's one of those ones where it's like, it's got a lot of stars and things like that in it. Oh, and like, yeah. Oh man, those are tough. Like trying to be like, nope, the constellations still don't look right. This piece fits, <laughs> but it still doesn't look right. 
And uh, I think I think Nadine actually ended up packing it up, which if she did, I'm, I might be a little upset because <laughs> we'd, we'd made some pretty good progress. And I don't know. I'm not the type of person to start something and, and give up on it. Um, That's the fun thing know. about puzzles. Like you can come back to that puzzle. You can take a week break from the puzzle and then just, okay, I'm going to do an hour of the puzzle. Like, yeah, I, yeah, you heard it here first reading bad, but puzzle good. Um, I, I love things that challenge brains. So like, obviously I love, you know, reading and stuff like that. And, I, and I'm a huge promoter of reading actually, but like there's something different about a puzzle where, it makes kids think that they're playing when really they're learning. Like that, that's, that's my ultimate beauty of doing things is when you can incorporate like deep learning things, uh, with having some fun. Like I don't want to do learning things if it's not fun. So yeah. Puzzles. Well, this next matchup, I think I already know your answer. Um, it's playing board games. Versus watching a movie. And like I said, I, I probably know your answer because you've never watched a movie a day in your life. Um, but just, you know, for the sake of the listeners, uh, what are you picking in this matchup? Are there any parameters on like, are we talking like strictly board games or are we talking like, can you play cards? Can you? Nope, let's keep it at board games. Just board games. Uh Okay, I, I do really like board games. Um, I, I actually do prefer board games that take a long time. I know I know some people, you know, the classic Monopoly game where you're like, God, we're like six hours into this game and nobody's done a damn thing and somebody flips the board. Um, I actually prefer those kind of board games where you have to like really invest some time in it. Um, but despite what Chris thinks, ladies and gentlemen, I love movies. I love watching a lot of movies. If you've been listening to us lately, Chris is the one who hasn't seen a lot of movies and or doesn't remember them. Um, I'm picking movies. And our homie Ted Wong comes in um, with more bad takes. He was throwing around some bad food takes earlier in a Twitter conversation he says p- picking or playing board games, Hundy P. You're wrong. Unless it's Christmas vacation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Classic. Yeah, I'm picking uh, watching a movie. All right, guys. So don't read books. Don't play board <laughs> games. Just watch movies. <laughs> no Hear read that? book. Watch movie. Book bad. Movie good. You heard it here. Uh, next one, we have playing video games. I mean, teacher, teacher uh, Fisher probably loves video games versus building a fort. Oh, well, I as a teenager and like early, ch- like early to late child, I was a huge video game person. I, I, you know, video games were really starting to emerge when we, not I, uh, were kind of like, I don't know, in grade one, two kind of range. Like they, they started really picking up when like, you know, Super Nintendo came up or like Sega Genesis before that. Um, but old person me does not play a lot of video games ever. Um, so I, it's a tough one though, because I, I have so many nostalgic memories of playing so many video games um i love building forts 
forts to me are like your introduction to building houses um there we go ted <laughs> ted comes in at building a fort i i agree i love building forts i love destroying forts the best thing about building a fort is destroying it so you can build it in a different way and you can make tunnels and you can make it like big enough to stand up in and that turns into like you know as kids get older and they're like too too big for building forts with like ted says couch cushions and blankets uh that turns into like you know doing a treehouse with your kids and stuff like that so i'm gonna pick building a fort and okay. that's probably going to be a very unpopular uh, opinion with some of our younger listeners to the Ballhawks podcast, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> this guy likes to build forts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for our last matchup, then we have, um, you know, stay inside, have a nap, cozy up, you know, maybe turn on the fireplace, go crawl into bed, fall asleep on the couch. I'm a, I'm, we, you know, I'm really good at having that, that couch nap. <laughs> I probably have a couch nap once a day on my days off um, versus working out. And now, hmm. I mean, this could be a one person workout. It could be a two person workout <laughs> if you so inclined, um, you know, wh- wh- whatever, whatever you fancy that day, whatever your wife fancies that day, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a tough one for me because, you know, I am like, mega into working out it's kind of like it's my it's my like my my church it's my therapy it's where I go when I need to be me um but I'm such a huge proponent of taking naps uh I'm reading a book right now uh why we sleep by Matthew Walker uh Naps are so incredibly important to your overall health. And there is nothing, absolutely nothing like when you are exhausted and you just get like a, a, a good 45 minute nap in. Naps actually saved me in university. Um, I, I learned, I I did a lot of research on naps and, and how effective they are and how you should actually nap. So I would actually uh, time my naps so so they were most effective uh, but like Ted just said, picking heavy stuff up and putting heavy stuff down, uh, I, it's not a stretch to say probably has saved my life. Um, it, it's it's literally like my, like I said, it's my church. It's my place where I can go to be me, where I can like just be alone with myself, my thoughts and and uh, improve my physical fitness, but also improve my mental fitness. Um, and yeah, I'm just such a huge proponent of working out. I know it's not the answer you would pick, uh, but I'm picking working out. So you prefer the one person uh, workout over the two person workout? Well, we're keeping the show PG. So <laughs> I'm talking about good old fashioned one person workouts. <laughs> keeping those wrists strong um <clears throat> picking heavy things up and putting them back down okay just like ted said <laughs> oh christopher uh all right let's, let's recap your person. choices here let's let's see if you can actually pull off a first down this week so we have for steve's it's too cold get outside third down we have building a puzzle watching a movie building a fort 
and working out. Steve, what is your it's too cold, stay inside MVP? Well, if you were listening to me through that whole thing, which you probably weren't, uh, it's a no-brainer for me. I'm going for the workout. Um, all of those things are are good in their time and place. They all they're very mood dependent, I find, but I would say the workout is the number one for me. And I know I'm not getting the first down for that, but I don't care. I'm not surprised that was your choice. I, I mean, I always like to say like, oh, look, I feel like I know your choice here. And you're always like, ah, 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 and you like throw in like a <laughs> you know, bit of a curveball, but you know, no, yeah, no, 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 Dikembe, no. like not this week. <laughs> um, but yeah, after, you know, you just talked for the last 20 minutes about how much you enjoy one person workouts. <laughs> um, I wasn't surprised that you chose that as your MVP. And you know, Steve, you were actually really close this week to getting the first down. You had the answer. It was right there for you. Oh, but we all know you've never watched a movie a day in your life. Oh, I knew it was going to be that. I knew so, you were picking that. Ted's awarded me the first down though. And really he's the ref of this. So I think, think i might throw the challenge flag and and ask ted ted's not a part of this show bye ted (laughs) ted's getting muted again (laughs) oh i actually could i actually can block him if i wanted i'll put user in timeout on youtube (laughs) ted you're going on a timeout for that one Uh, yeah you're you're not a part of this show man that's so funny all right well i didn't get the first down again uh but my message one person workouts Good for you. Two-person workouts are good for you, too. You know. Great for your cardio. Great for your cardio. Sometimes. <laughs> Ted, <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, we're, we're at the hour and a half marker, so we're going to wrap this up. Thanks, everybody, for joining in. Uh, episode 45, we're almost at the half-century marker here, Chris. Um, and as always... I am going to give you the last words of the show. I don't know why I keep doing this after you don't give me the first downs, but I'm a sucker for punishment. So, uh, Uh, I just put Ted in timeout. He's blocked for five minutes. (laughs) 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 That's what you get for saying suck it, Chris. Um, yeah, guys. Uh, thank you again for tuning into another episode of the ball Hawks podcast. We are of course a part of the Dean Blundell network. Uh, we are, Proudly sponsored by Bad Tattoo Kelowna for our third down segment. Uh, please give us a follow over on Twitter at ballhawks underscore pod. You can find us over on Instagram and Facebook as well. Follow me at PhillipsChris12 on Twitter. Steve, you can find him at SSFisher87. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube page. Our... What are you doing? Pointing uh, to my thing. <laughs> oh, pointing to I, I got it right this time. <laughs> Subscribe to our uh, our podcast wherever you get your podcast. The episode will be out shortly. Uh, and as always, guys, go Hawks. Peace. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. 
follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world, and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.